All right, we want to uh, greet everyone in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are grateful to the Lord for being here today. All right, if you have your Bibles, let's go to the seventh chapter of the book of Judges. seventh chapter of the book of Judges, we're going to look at a story of one of the judges of Israel whose name was Gideon. And actually we're going to um, hopefully bring out some things concerning God's mindset um, when it comes to his will being carried out and uh, him wanting to get the glory. So we're going to start reading at verse 1. It says, Then Jeroboam, who is Gideon, and all the people that were with him, rose up early and pitched beside the well of Herod, so that the host of the Midianites were on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. And the Lord said unto Gideon, The people that are with thee are too many for me to give the Midianites into their hands, lest Israel vaunt themselves against me, saying, My own hand had saved me. And so what we see God setting up in verse 2 is his mindset and his ideas towards uh, receiving glory. Um, um, You would think, just naturally speaking, that God would be concerned with uh, that, <laughs> that the more the merrier, like, like the old saying goes, the more the merrier. In other words, you have an army. This army was 32,000 strong for this particular battle. And, uh, of course, the Midianites, they were a whole nation themselves. And there it is, God is telling them, uh, it's too many people to to fight this war. Y'all got too many people fighting this war. He said, and, and my purpose, uh, and the reason why I think it's too many people is because when y'all win this war, in other words, it's a guaranteed win, I don't want <laughs> Israel to lose the war. In other words, not the natural war, but the spiritual war by having pride in their numbers and their ability. Everybody understand that? And so here's the thing you have to think about. Um, when God is moving, when he's doing something for people, uh, you might win the war naturally so, as far as you could see. But spiritually so, if pride is there, you've lost the war. Do they understand? And so here, <laughs> God is combating this mindset of appearances, of how you look naturally versus how you really are spiritually. Do they understand now? And so verse 3 says, Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people. Now, before we go any further, we're going to look at three different types of people. Uh, they were three different uh, elements here that separated them. And everybody, everybody that's in church 
fall under one of these three categories. Every single person that's in church. Now, with the world, they out in the world. We're talking about church folks. Every single person that's in church fall in one of these three categories. And so here the Lord is going to do some separating. Does everybody understand now? And you have to, as you are listening to this message, you have to determine which one of these categories you fall under. All right, so he says, verse 3, Now therefore go to, proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. So there we have it now. Just fearful and afraid. Now, you would think that those two things are the same, but they're not. Fearful and afraid. We've been trained that they're the same, but, but the biblical def definition is different. Fearful means unbelieving. Afraid means frightened. Does everybody understand? And so you see how right away he gets rid of two-thirds of the people. Right away. They started off with 32,000 <laughs> and 22,000 of them go right away. Unbelieving. Everybody understand that? So, listen, here's the thing. All 32,000 of these people were in the army of God. All 32,000 of them sitting in church every week uh, with a profession to make. But on the inside of them was unbelief. And on the inside of them was fear. Does everybody understand that? And so he puts out this proclamation. If you're afraid, if, in other words, if you're fearful and afraid, look at what he says. Depart how? Early. Everybody see that? Now, this lets us know that it doesn't take long for the word of God to help people determine where they are. One of the issues that people have with this ministry is this. We let you know right up front whether or not you got the goods. You're not going to be here for five years and not know you're on your way to hell. You don't, so does everybody understand now? <laughs> We've had people come here be a part of this ministry, and, and uh, it didn't take them long uh, to get bitter. It, it didn't take them long to get upset. And, and let me make this clear. If God's words make you bitter, you don't belong to God. If his word makes you upset, you don't belong to him. And I can promise you, it ain't going to change. God's word ain't going to change. God don't tiptoe around people. No more than hell <laughs> has a cool day. Does everybody understand now? And so we don't bend God's way, word, to make it fit you. You are going to have to get over it. You. Does everybody understand that? And that's, 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 that's the name of this message. No challenge, no change. 
If you can't stand being challenged, you won't grow. You won't change. Does everybody understand now? I was, I was, uh, I was watching a, a documentary of a football player. He was a football player during my day. He played for the NFL. And uh, he talked about how he trained. And uh, he said he wanted to be fast. And so what he did was uh, his, he went to a coach and, and asked the coach, could you do something to make me faster? Now, up until that point, I thought, you know, speed is natural. You know, I thought either you're fast or you're not. I, I didn't think, you know, too much about uh, speed besides either you're born fast or you're not. You know, if you can run fast, you run fast. If you can't, you just you just get in line with the rest of us. And, but this person, he said he, he was the slowest person in his school. But the coach trained him. Now, you know how he did it. He tired some tires onto him, chained him to some tires, and he ran all the time. That's how he ran around the track, pulling tires. And so naturally so, when he's running track or he's running with the football and he's not pulling 200 pounds behind him, he feels lighter than a feather. And so he's able to run. Now, one of the things that causes people to fail in their relationship with God and fail the trials and the tests that they have is they don't want that tire being tagged onto them. And they expect growth to just come naturally. I'm going to just wake up one morning and I'm going to be changed. But that's not the way it happens. You got to let God tie that tire to you. You got to be willing to pull something other than your weight. Does everybody understand now? And, and so then people think, well, that's just too much. It's too much. And I say, you, you won't win any races. You won't win any races without being challenged, without something outside of yourself. Does everybody understand now? And so here we see the first group of people. They were fearful and afraid. Now, I thought it was very interesting. Uh, they didn't have a draft, a, a military draft at this time. They volunteered to be in that army. And you know, it's amazing to me, people can volunteer to go to church only to disobey what's preached at that church. <laughs> Does everybody understand? People can volunteer to go to church only to disobey what's in that church. Isn't that something now? So we have to get to the place, brothers and sisters, where we are not fearful. You know, the Lord told us when he walked this earth to count the cost. And, and so <laughs> right when folks enter through those doors, we say, it's going to cost you your life. Lay, lay down back there. Lay that life down right there at the door because flesh ain't welcome in here. Lay it down. You need to practice for heaven. The Bible tells us that flesh and blood ain't going to heaven. So you get to practice now. Lay it down out there. (laughs) 
But then people think they can negotiate with God. Well, I got a few quarters. No. Blood bought you. Blood bought you. Does everybody understand now? And the only way to get to heaven is to die on this side. This side. Everybody see? And so people don't, they don't like to be challenged. They don't like, you know, being told, you know, we need to step it up. We need to do better. And listen, brothers and sisters, God don't negotiate with people. Does everybody understand now? Yeah, he, he don't have an email where we can go check in and, and you know, he's uploading stuff for how, how to live this week, you know, versus what it was 100 years ago. None of that. Does everybody understand that? <laughs> this was written before the earth was ever thought of. This existed before this world had paper to print it on. And so God does not change his standard. Does everybody understand now? So we have to be willing, <laughs> if we call ourselves being in the army of God, we have to be willing to be challenged. You have to get over how you were raised. This ain't your mama's house. We're not here to coddle you. We're not going to give you a trophy if you don't win. We're not concerned with your feelings. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? <laughs> and so, you know, we as believers have to grow up. We have to grow up and allow ourselves to be challenged. Does everybody understand? Years ago, years ago, the Lord told me to start taking off my shoes when I preach. Years ago. And you know it's been that way ever since? When I'm driving to church, I'm not struggling with that idea. Now, me, I'm going to tell you about me personally. I prefer to have shoes on. I prefer the comfort of having shoes on. But the Lord told me, take off your shoes. I'm going to tell you why. Because where I stand is holy. When God's word is being delivered, his holiness is right here. So this is not a, it's not a struggle for me. I'm not, this is not something that's playing out in my mind week after week. I don't, it's not, I don't have to battle in war and, and then come and testify. I got the victory. I'm taking off my shoes. This, and I don't know about next Sunday, but this Sunday, the devil tried to get me and I overcame. When he told me, my mind was made up then. If I had to battle with it, it means I haven't laid down at the door. So it's not a, that's, that's not something I struggle with. I don't even think about it. 
That's, 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 does everybody understand now? And I'm telling you, as believers all over the world, the devil wear them out with their own battles, their battles. The devil ain't even got to conjure up nothing. All he got to do is make sure your flesh is still alive. That's your war. That's not his. It's yours. Why? Through disobedience. I have not crucified my flesh yet, so everything is a battle. You see the problem there? When flesh is dead, there is no fight. God said it. That settles it. Ain't no, ain't no fight. Ain't, there is no fight when flesh is dead. But if flesh ain't dead, the devil got a, everything God ever told me to do, everything that's in God's word is up for grabs. Now I got to struggle. Now I got to, Lord, please help me, Lord. Help me, Jesus. No, just die. Obey that, and then the rest of it comes easy. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? And so here we see God is doing some separating. The fearful, if you're fearful and afraid, leave early. You know what he's saying? Uh, people go to church, uh, they might come here in, in 2012 and they check out in 2012 but they still here you left early does everybody understand don't mean that weren't in the army but God just couldn't use them God can't use unbelief and fear first thing we have to do is believe God's word if we don't we're not going to know how to fight this war the devil depends on ignorance and willful, willful stupidity. I see it in God's word. I know what it says, but, and that's exactly where you lost that. You die with your butts. Does everybody understand? I'm telling you something. <laughs> if the devil get me, he's going to be a sweating somebody. Ain't nowhere in the world I'm going to take his hand and beat me in the face with it. He's going to have to swing. Does everybody understand? And when I've decided I'm not going to follow God's word and, 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 and lay down my life, that's exactly what I'm doing. It takes no, all the devil's got to do is be in my presence and I'm taking his hand and beating me in the head with it. Isn't that something now? You know, when I was growing up, the old people used to say, we need to give the devil fits. You, you, in other words, they were saying, you need to make him work for it. For it. And the devil ain't working for nothing if we just playing right into his hands with unbelief. Does everybody understand that now? Let's think about this. How much effort did it take for him to trip up Eve? Did he have to sweat for that? No, because she was walking in unbelief. It, it didn't take him long. Does everybody understand? He got her in the first conversation. Not ten weeks later. Not a thousand years later. In the first conversation, he got her. 
How many of you know she was ready to eat of that tree? You better believe it. How do I know it? Because she was around it. Does everybody understand that? She was within arm's reach of it. So she was already, don't the Bible tell us that? If a man is tempted, it's because he is drawn away of his own lusts. <laughs> she, she had already been drawn. And the devil saw her standing there, ready. Does everybody, and all he had to do was just, she went right over, see. And so, <laughs> I tell you, we have to do better spiritually. Does everybody understand now? Look what it says, verse 3. Now therefore go to proclaim in the ears of the people, saying, Whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead. And there returned of the people twenty and two thousand, and there remained ten thousand. Everybody see that? Here was the thing, still in the army, just riding the bench. No testimonies, no nothing. Just let me wear the uniform. Just let me look like a believer. But I ain't going to have no victories. I'm, I'm not going to have any victories. Everybody see now. So you think about it. When this army returned with the victory from God, what could they say? They couldn't be a part of the parade. They couldn't be a part of the celebration. And when I see believers among real believers who feel detached, it lets me know you went home early. Does everybody understand now? Let's go ahead and keep reading verse 4. And the Lord said unto Gideon, the people are yet too many. Everybody see that? Bring them down unto the water, and I will, what? Try them for thee there. Everybody see that? So you have some people right up front. Nah, I I'm not sold out to that. I'm not ready for that. <laughs> and then you got some old people too proud to admit it. So let's bring them down to the water and test them. <laughs> you, you got some people don't want to confess. I'm, I'm walking in unbelief and fear. So no, I, I'm, I'm not going home with them. I'm going, I'm going to move ahead in God. And the Lord said, you bring them on down to the water. We'll test them there. God is going to always know who got the goods. It, it wasn't that God didn't know. He needed for Gideon to know. Does everybody see that now? Look at what it says there. And it shall be that of whom I say unto thee, this shall go with thee, the same shall go with thee, and of, of whomsoever I say unto thee, this shall not go with thee, the same shall not go. So he brought down the people unto the water. And the Lord said unto Gideon, Every one that lappeth of the water with his tongue, as a dog lappeth, him shalt thou set by himself. Likewise, every one that boweth down upon his knees to drink. And the number of them that lapped, putting their hand to their mouth, were 300 men. But all the rest of the people bowed down upon their knees to drink water. 
Everybody see that? And the Lord said unto Gideon, By the three hundred men that lapped will I save you, and deliver the Midianites into thine hand, and let all the other people go, every man to his place. Everybody see that? So let's picture this now. What is the first group? How does he separate them? The first group, they lap of the water with a tongue like a dog. The second group, they bow down upon their knees to drink. Does everybody see now? So let me, let me present this picture to you. Let's, let's deal with the second group. The second group, they got down on their knees. And they got close to that water. But they were not looking up. Let's go back to the first group. The first group, the 300, they lapped like a dog. They did not get on their knees. They stood up to drink. And what they were doing, they were taking their hands and scooping it and bringing it up, still looking. You know why? Because they knew they were in enemy territory and they knew we're about to fight and we don't know when this fight is going to start. We're not even waiting on the call to start. We're, we stay ready. And so how did, how did the Lord knew, know? What, what does that symbolize? This group they're, they're scooping the water up and looking. Listen, fighting the war was more important than what their flesh needed. They were willing to drop that water and go to war. They, they, they're not looking at how much water is in their hand. They're not paying attention to it. Okay, Gideon said to go drink water. Let's go drink water. You see, the whole time, scanning. Those men understood we are about to fight and we don't know when he's going to give the call to fight. We have no instructions, so we have to stay ready. So this is how we drink. We might, by the time we get that water up to our mouth, we might only have a teaspoon of it, but that's all right. I'm not concerned with this natural life. So God said, those are the ones you use. That's what I could use. Those are the ones that's ready for war. You know why? Because they're doing what my words say. They're watching. They're watching. The other ones got on their knees. Oh, now they can worship, but not watching. We want to get close to this water. We're more concerned with natural things than we are spiritual things. Yeah, we're in a war. But we got time to hurry up and get up and get ourselves together. Do you know how you think about it? These men, they wore body armor. You know how hard it is to get up off your knees with all that armor? Does everybody understand that? So let's kick over this religious cow. The Bible don't tell us to, to fight on our knees. 
Prayer time is for you. But the Bible don't tell you to fight on your knees. It don't even tell you to get on your knees to pray. So we can bury that lie. My Bible tells me to stand and haven't done all. (laughs) Does everybody understand now? So you see, the group, the 300 that Gideon took with him, that God chose. Why did he choose them? Because they stayed ready. They stayed watchful. What was the other group doing? On their knees. What was he doing? What was God doing? Exposing that they themselves really didn't want to be in the war. So you got three groups of people. People that are not afraid, that's not fearful. Or people that are afraid and fearful. And then you have a group, they're not afraid, they're not fearful. But we just don't want a war either. If we had to pick and choose, we just wouldn't, we don't want any kind of challenges. Yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll do that. But I, I don't want no, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. I don't want the challenge. But then you got that 300. Isn't that something now? You got that 300, they, they ready for it all. We, that's, that's what we joined this army for. We joined it to fight. Did everybody understand? This, this group... <laughs> The, the group that got on their knees, they were putting their face to the water like that. No weapons, nowhere. You know why? Because they had to use their hands to bow down to put their face down to keep from tumbling over. But the group that stood up to lap like a dog, they had the spear here. Does everybody understand that? They never put their weapon down. The other group had to put the weapon down to hold flesh up. (laughs) Now, everybody in here, everybody in church, anywhere, is in one of those three groups. And God knows exactly where we are. Now, here's the question. Do we know where we are? few years ago I stood up here right in the same spot and I talked about believers should obey the law of the land and I said don't speed it is not God's will for God's people to speed you do the speed limit I dismissed and less than 10 minutes later somebody got a ticket for speeding what were they doing on their face not being watchful. And I don't doubt that's the only one. But that's the way it is. You think about it. God preaches about the trap on Sunday, and before Sunday night is over with, folks done fell into the same trap that God tried to warn them about. You know why? Because they don't want to be challenged. They think God is just up here talking. It don't mean nothing for me. That's not me. It is you. We have to get to the place where we can stand to be challenged. You know what that does? 
that requires change. I'm not to say, listen, I started preaching just about 28 years ago. I'm not the same person I was then. I got challenged. I got challenged. And you know what? I welcomed it. I didn't think it was abuse <laughs> to be called out a mess. When God pulled me out of hell, I knew very well parts of my body is probably still on fire. Just because you've been pulled out of hell don't mean you're not on fire. You can pull somebody out of a fire and they're still on fire. So I didn't think me giving my life to the Lord was the end of me growing. Can't nobody tell me nothing. I'm out of the fire. And so over the years, God through his word, listen, and through people, had people pass by, look, uh, John, your feet on fire. Oh, thank you. I knew there was, something was going on. Does everybody understand now? And I hope you can picture what I'm saying. God pulled you out of fire. You still got, you still got smoke there. You, does everybody understand? Sometimes we, we barbecue at the house on the pit, and we can look at it after midnight, and it's still a fire out there. It's, it's done rekindled. So I'll call the boys, hey, y'all go, go put that fire out. And that's what the devil is depending on. You started off in hell. He's depending on you not being willing to receive instruction. So we think, well, God, I ain't going to hell no more. I'm in church, sitting right down the pews, burning. You might not go to the devil's hell, but you're living in it. <laughs> what, through disobedience, through unbelief, through fear. And I'm telling you, we have to be willing to be challenged, brothers and sisters. That means changing. When, when I gave my life to the Lord and as I grew in God, I began to make changes. God began to deal with me about some junk I thought was okay. And I began to make changes. No, does everybody understand? It was a whole lot of stuff in this Bible I didn't know. And when I got to certain points, I, you know what? I, okay, Lord, I'm not going to do that no more. By your help. I'm, okay, I see that. I'm not going to do that anymore. I, I'm going to change. Now, here's the problem. If you got one area in your life that God has pointed out to you that you're not willing to change, it's going to spoil everything else in your life. It don't matter how much progress you have made so far. If you're not willing to change in that one thing. Does everybody understand that? All during 
the ministry of Jesus Christ, he had somebody with him that didn't want to change in one thing, was a thief. Oh, now he had the rest of it down, but was a thief and did not want to change. I ought to be able to get to heaven. That, you know, I, I'm, I'm good in the other. At least I'm not like Peter. God don't care who you not like. Are you like him? Is he stealing? Does everybody understand that? God don't judge us by somebody else's life. How good they are, how bad they are. What does God permit? My Bible says to be like him, to be holy like he is. So we have to get out of this place. Some of us have been raised the wrong way. We've been raised to think when we hear something we don't want to hear that's going to contradict our little plan. Our self-esteem go out the door. You're supposed to be building my esteem. What does God, God's trying to kill your little esteem. If you were dead like you're supposed to be, you wouldn't, you wouldn't feel the sting of it to begin with. I'll be the first one to tell you, God don't care nothing about anybody's feelings. Your feelings is wrapped up in your soul that's supposed to be dead. Does everybody understand that? You know what the Bible says about <laughs> people that love the law of God? That they can't be offended. So when you come boohooing to God about what's preached, about whatever it is you don't want to hear, he's going to tell you, well, you don't love my word. You're going back until you love my word, and then you won't feel the sting of that. Does everybody see now? God intends for us to grow. And we can't grow, we cannot change if we don't like to be challenged. You got people on a job, they get trained for one job and that's all they want to do. Don't tell me to do nothing else. Don't want to be, I'm just here for what I'm getting paid for. You didn't hire me this week. And then you got some people, they excel because they're not proud. They don't mind going an extra mile. You know why? Because they believe in the CEO of the company and where that company is headed. Does everybody understand now? And I'm telling you, our unbelief shows through our actions. There ain't no use in trying to hide about it. Just, just go ahead and go like the first group did. No, I'm not ready for it. I was just playing when I joined the Army. Y'all didn't tell me nothing about no wartime. <laughs> Everybody understand? I got that wake-up call for real in the military, in the Navy. 
and, and they, you know, was overseas in, in, some, in Somalia and, and missed my ship there. And they came and brought me an M60. I didn't join, I, I don't want to kill nobody. I know it's probably people all that were there still laughing about that today. What in the world did you join the military for? I just wanted to get paid and get my free college. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? And listen, and that's, what the, that's the way people are now. They go join God's army because they think it's going to benefit them, except it does not. Not when you're not ready to fight. They got their own motives because life was not going right the first half of my life, so I'm going to join his army and hope he treat me better. How does he treat you better when he tells you to die? Does everybody understand that? I'm telling you, that's what, that immature mind, that's the same mind I had naturally when I was in the military. Y'all supposed to care about me. Except they didn't. You know, when you join the military, you just like a piece of clothes. You are, does everybody understand what GI means? What does it mean, Brother Jones? Government issue. Just like soap and toilet paper. When you join the military, you are just an extension of a gun. You're just a robot to pull the trigger. Does everybody understand now? And so when we got, join God's army, it's the same thing. We're a government issue. You're a vessel that he's going to use. Does everybody understand that? For his glory. So you don't need to be thinking that you're one of God's pets and you ain't got to go through nothing. You're going to stay after class like the rest of us and wash that chalkboard. Does everybody understand now? now? It don't mean that we're not special to God, but I'm telling you, you'll never know it until you die. You have to die. You have to want to be challenged. You have to look for ways to crucify your flesh. Thank you, Lord, for sending these tests. Because I get to see where I am. And when I pass this test, you know, you know what God is doing at his desk? He's writing some more, even harder than the last one you just took. And you know where our mindset is supposed to be? Thank you, Lord, for trusting me. You believe more in me than I do. I barely got past this last test. But you keep writing them and sending them. I guess I must be. Thank you. I guess I'm going somewhere. What if I'm sitting at the desk trying to file a complaint with the principal? 
who's God to? <laughs> He's all of it. The supervisor, the manager, the general manager, the owner, the CEO, the financial officer, all of it. It's all him. <laughs> so whatever complaints you got, <laughs> you're going to have to take it up with him. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> Our minds have to change about this life that we live. We're going to have to love the challenge. Does everybody understand that now? And you know, you, you see people, they, they go lift weights. They love it. They in there growling, trying not to pass gas. Does everybody understand? They walking on, walking in there with their little brother's shirt on to show what it looked like when they passed the last test because they have adopted the culture. And because of that, they get adrenaline. You just go, go, to, go to one of those places where they live ways. You ain't going to whoop nobody in there. They, they, they doing them little barbells, they, can, they Superman. Don't come in here with that. Does everybody understand that? Oh, they can be hot-headed. They can beat the whole world because they don't lift 50 pounds. Does everybody understand? So, uh, so what is it? They have adopted the culture. Last week, they barely got 200 pounds up off the bar and lifted it once and put it back up. Next week, what are they doing? 215 pounds. Let me challenge myself. I ain't going to get stronger if I don't put more weight on this bar. Yeah, I knew I was struggling with it last week, but I'm a different person this week because I was able to do it last week. But, but see, believers, they come to God and they go backwards. They start off lifting 200 pounds. Okay, so that's good enough for me. I'll be back in a year. And I ain't going to put 200 pounds on that either. God come to lift my burden. I'm telling you, God ain't lifting no more weights. After the cross, that was it for him. The rest of it is up to you. He tell you, now you have to bear your cross. Does everybody see now? And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, we have to get to that place where we love the culture of God, where we love the test. We love being stretched. We love the challenges of life and we know every time we pass a test we get rewarded we don't need to think it's punishment or that we've done something wrong the Bible tells us not to think it's strange when fiery trials come to test us don't think it's strange 
And a lot of times, what you know what we're doing? We're looking way out there somewhere. Who wants something? Who's going to try to try me? I tell you what, this. Start with this. This is your first test. You whoop this one, you can whoop everybody else. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? We ain't got to be looking for some enemy way out there somewhere. Here he is. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? <laughs> My prayer is that we would judge ourselves and see which one of these categories we fall in. And if we're not in that 300, we need to get in that 300. We need to figure out Lord, what is it that sidetracked me? What is it that's, that's got me lapping on my knees? That's got me using my own strength for myself? Does everybody understand? That's what those men were doing. They were using that strength for their own flesh. To cater to it. Instead of thinking about the war that was in, at hand, see. That's not God's will. I'm telling you, if we're going to serve God, God has to be first. God has to be first. And, and we might not like it, but that's God's Bible. He has to be first. Everybody see? All right. Come on up, Brother Garcia. Close us out in the word of prayer. <clears throat> 